It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Customer Plan. My name is Omar Mohammed, helping you improve and progress in business and in life. So the Customer Plan is about keeping them in your business because we all have to eat, and them meaning the customers. Uh, so the Customer Plan is an online learning center uh, for budding and existing entrepreneurs and helping them build resources to build manage and prepare their enterprise for growth. Uh, so we focus on 20, 20 minutes bite-sized tips focusing on the six M's of business building. Uh, and those M's are make, market, marketing, manage money, and of course, motivation. Uh, today we're talking about marketing and we have one of the premier experts in, in marketing. And we're going to bring her on. Um, her name is not Quinn Conyers, uh, but her new name. <laughs> <laughs> I know her as Quinn Conyers, but her name is Quinn. Please let everybody know what your new name is. <laughs> Quinn Conyers. Quinn Conyers. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, so Quinn, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey, if you will. Well, I actually started as an entrepreneur when I was a grad school at Howard University. I had started my first business called Speak to Society. And what I did was I helped uh, entrepreneurs who were still students improve their speaking skills, as well as pursue entrepreneurship as a viable career choice, because many of my professors encouraged me to do the same. And that's kind of how I started. And I did that for a couple of years. And after graduation, I moved to Baltimore, Maryland. And I wasn't doing it as actively, but the entrepreneurship bug was already planted. So I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know how I would expand or grow. And then in 2010, I had met this uh, man who ended up turning out to be my husband, who was actually selling purses and, and bags at the time. And ironically, you know, we decided to join forces and I said, listen, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. We're going to call it a business name. We're going to get an LLC. We're going to get a website. We're going to make this legit. Cause I didn't want to be the bag lady and I didn't want him to be the bag man. I knew that we offered way much more to the world than those crazy, you know, generic acronyms or titles. So we did that. We joined forces. Um, we started a business called uh, purse paparazzi and we just started wholesaling in the beginning, buying purses, you know, and then reselling them. And then we got into the manufacturing side where we decided to start customizing, making our own purses. And, you know, a few years later, I was able to quit my job in 2015, become a full-time entrepreneur and run the creative side of the, of the bag brand. It's been amazing. It's definitely had its ups and downs, but overall, it's been a great entrepreneurial journey. I've learned so much along the way, especially the difference between a product-based business and a service-based business. And those are like night and day. And a lot of people try to lump them together, but they are vastly different. 
Yes, they are. <laughs> Definitely, yes, they are. Uh, so you started as a, a student at, at um, Howard University. That's actually where I met you. Uh, yes. I met you at uh, Howard University. Uh, so we, we got to definitely bring you back to talk about being a student entrepreneur, uh, but you also mentioned a couple other things, wholesaling and manufacturing as well. We're talking about uh, exhibiting, and you, you seem to be the expert on exhibiting now, right? You know, it's it's so interesting because our business model is based on that. It's based on events, e-commerce, and an experience. And the events aspect, I was going back and forth trying to figure out exactly what to call it. Do I call it a vendor? Do I call it an exhibitor? And I like the word exhibitor. And when you reached out to me, I thought it was so fitting because it's a little bit more of an upscale than just a vendor. A vendor sometimes has a connotation of, you know, doing a little bit of lower type of events. But exhibiting, if you sell products, I recommend it has to be a part of your business model. If you're selling a product and you're not vending or exhibiting or showcasing, however you want to call it, you're really losing out on money because it's a great way not only to showcase, promote your product, but it's also great to get instant customer feedback about your product. You can also get testimonials live. You can show, take pictures of the product with the customer. I mean, there's just so many benefits to being an exhibitor that I think that a lot of entrepreneurs who sell products don't utilize, don't understand, and don't even think about adding it as a business model to their business. All right. So, so should we be using exhibitor or vendor? Because... You know, some people do use vendor when they do community events and exhibitor more of the high, uh, high end, if you will. I'm going to go with exhibitor because those are the type of events that I do. I don't think there's anything wrong with the flea markets and things like that. But, you know, I find that those events, you know, it's just a different type of product that you'll have. You know, most people who are, let's say, vending or showcasing at a flea market, their product might be... Um, a little bit more affordable, I would say. Not to say that my products are unaffordable, but I don't have products under, you know, $10. Whereas I know a lot of people in the flea market arena, that's where they really excel. So I pretty much focus on the people who have products on, you know, $20, on $50, $100. Those are the people, you know, that I really think that could really, really benefit from being an exhibitor. Good point, good point. Okay, so so whatever you call yourself, exhibitor, vendor, or showcaser. There you go. <laughs> there are some things that whether you are an exhibitor or a vendor that really makes the event for you successful. And that's what I want to get you to provide uh, for us, according if you don't mind. Uh, so let, let's start with products that do well as an exhibitor. You know, have you have you determined what products do well or does do products and services do well? Well, I'm going to focus on products because, you know, that's where I think I've had my most success. And I really think that product, ironically, is is it's not about will the product do well before I get people to look into products, I always ask them to look into themselves mm -hmm. because I feel like it starts with the person, the person who's actually selling the product mm -hmm. because your product can be awesome and amazing. Let's say for example, you sell makeup. If you don't wear any makeup, how are you going to sell makeup? So you could be sitting at your exhibitor booth selling a whole bunch of beautiful makeup, but if your face isn't beat and you don't look like you just walked off of a magazine, it doesn't matter. So I feel like pretty much 
any product can be successful, but you have to be the right person to sell the product, which also leads me to the right place because your product can be absolutely amazing. If you're at the wrong place selling your product, then you're going to get discouraged. So there is a little bit more to it than just showing up and selling your product. You have to ask yourself, are you the right person to sell the product? Are you at the right place? And then you can determine if your product will really be successful. And I can give you an example using myself. I used to get so many invitations Mm -hmm. to do um, various women's events all the time because I have purses. But then when I honed in who my target market was, I realized that every women's event isn't for purse paparazzi. We are licensed with four large African-American sororities as well as um, 11 HBCUs. So a majority of the events that I go to are sorority-related events because I know my market is there and my purses fit that demographic. And I also do a lot of events that have a market of people who either are in college who attend HBCU or who are alumni of HBCUs. So it really is about having that right product but being an exhibitor in the right place because if those two, it has to all match up. If one of those things are off, you know what I mean? Your whole business uh, opportunity or even, you know, opportunity to make money is going to be off. Mm, good, good point. So it really starts there then, identifying who your audience is. Correct. Being a product of the product. Like you said, if you're not yep. using those products, then how are you going to be able to be passionate about and selling those products as well? Uh, so good, good deal. So finding finding events, it seemed like you identify your target audience and you you went after that that audience, and that helped you to define what events you were going after. Absolutely. And that's the number one thing. A lot of vendors and exhibitors that I talk to, that's their number one problem. Quinn, I can't seem to find the right events. I can't seem to find the right events. And I say, it's not the events that are wrong. You haven't clearly identified your market because once you identify your your market or your person who's likely to buy, then you can realize what events they go to. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you're going after a market or a woman who has natural hair, okay, what events would she might go to? Okay, so then you might say, okay, she might go to a natural hair show, then then there. What people do is they say, okay, I have purses. I'm going to go to every, you know, woman's event, you know, and you have this item or you have, I don't know, a natural hair care line and you're going there and it's Caucasian women. They don't know anything about natural hair care products. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to pick, you know, the the right event based on you knowing your 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 target market. And that's the biggest thing that I see that entrepreneurs make as a mistake. They haven't identified their market. If you don't identify your market, everything else is going to go to the wayside. You're going to continue to be frustrated. Once you have clearly identified that, everything else kind of falls in place. Because once you know who or he or she is, you can find out what types of events that she goes to. And there's conferences and workshops and seminars and conventions for everything. I've been in different convention centers and right next door was a national train convention. Mm. So if you make trains, you can go and be an exhibitor at the national train convention. I never would have thought. But again, if you are, you know, consistently not sure who your person is, you can't identify what conventions and events they go to. And you're going to continue to be frustrated and stuck. Absolutely. So part of the customer plan is about marketing. It's about Mm -hmm. that market too. identify who you're going to focus on, what problem you're going to solve for that particular market. And then marketing, how do they reach you and how do you reach them as well? Uh, so the marketing that you're talking about, this is you don't do this on a monthly basis. You set your, hopefully you set your plan for the year, right? 
Um, I try to look at things quarterly, honestly, because sometimes um, for the whole entire year, things don't come out yet. Like sometimes when people are having uh, conferences or workshops, the vendor application or exhibitor applications are not quite yet ready. And I've also realized with certain events is they might be more prominent around a certain uh, time of year. For example, I know for a fact that when we do our HBCU tour, we just got done doing a six city tour. That's always in October. And I know that I could, you know, have a plan for it, but I know that I'm not going to get those applications and probably until, you know, second quarter because it's just how it falls. So I look at it, but you can have a loose plan. It all depends on what works for you and your market as well. Um, so I would say everybody's going to be different. I know that we kind of look at things on a quarterly basis. We loosely look at it for a year and be like, okay, we know this quarter, this is what's going on. For example, uh, March and April, which is like first quarter, a little bit in the second quarter, that is our high sorority regional conference season. So all of the AKAs, the Deltas, the SG Rose, the Zetas are having their regional conferences in, in various cities. So we know that. So we prepare for that. And then it kind of drops off. And then we know in, in the summer times, a lot of these sororities have crab feasts. So it's about knowing, again, once you know who your market is, you know when they're having events. So it's easier to plug in. Right. So I've seen entrepreneurs that some of these defending uh, or exhibiting events, whether it's in the community, at a conference that I've been to, many of them have so much stuff on their table. And it seems like when when entrepreneurs go out, it's like, let's take everything and let's just bombard uh, our customer base with all this information. What's the proper way to do table design, if you will? Oh, that's a great question. And what you just described is what I call a product puker. That is a person who (laughs) they have so many things and they confuse their customer because their end goal was to make a dollar, not to service the customer. Because if your goal was to service the customer, you wouldn't have all those different options. Now, what you can do, what I do recommend, and the big box companies are doing it over and over again, we just don't pay attention to it, is you can have one or two items and then have a diverse selection of those. Think about it. When you go into Nike. Nike doesn't sell flats. They don't sell high heels. They sell tennis shoes, but they have 50 million different versions of the tennis shoe, you know, and that's what you have to do. So the proper etiquette is to pick those one or two, I'll say possibly three items and make sure they're in the same family and then also promote those. Sometimes I see so much of a hodgepodge. I see somebody selling makeup, t-shirts, and they're selling cupcakes. Way too much going on at your table. So if you're going to do cupcakes, why not do different flavors of cupcakes? Mm. Maybe you got your chocolate, your vanilla, then you got your exotic, like your, you know, red velvet swirls or your peanut butter chocolate, whatever. If you're selling t-shirts, okay, why don't you sell t-shirts with a whole bunch of different designs? So you're still in your niche of what you sell, but just offer a variation of that. And that's what I do with my purses. So you will never see the purse paparazzi selling hair or t-shirts or clothes. Even though I have access to that because I'm in this field, I think we do well because I have a niche. And that's what I would encourage all productpreneurs is what I want to call them, to have their niche and diversify within your niche. So if you're going to do cupcakes or you're going to do you know, any type of product, do that product and diversify flavors, colors, sizes within that niche. Don't try to be everything to everybody. Don't be the person with you know, makeup, t-shirts and cupcakes all on your table. It's so confusing for your, for your customer. Absolutely. So when you say we travel around to these different events, you have a, a, a team of 
Correct. So huge team. Uh, so how, how does one strategize, if you will, about having a team to make sure that the table is covered where people are making product, well, uh, buying products, but also what you were saying, servicing the client as well, uh, where you're talking to the client, you're, you're finding out more about the client or customer. Well, I think the first thing is to understand when it's time to hire a team. And I think sometimes people either do it too quickly or they don't do it at all. They try to handle everything. But when you start getting more opportunity and you physically can't be there, it's time to hire and to expand. And you have to kind of hire or get help, you know, in the area that you need. So for example, you can't just hire your friends and family because you need an extra body. Make sure that they are good and what you have them to do. Like right now, it's my husband and I, it's a husband and wife team, and we have six clutch consultants. So we send our clutch consultants to the events that we physically can't be at and they have we have a certain interview process that we go through with them we also have things as so they can know how to handle objections and handle hagglers because it happens you know at you know exhibit halls but there's so much that kind of goes into it but you know hiring should be the goal for anybody who's in business you shouldn't want to be the one man band um the whole entire time you're in business it's going to burn you out and you're eventually going to take on too much and you can handle or you're going to burn out and you're going to quit that's what's going to happen so in capturing your sales, uh, are you using one of those devices where you could just swipe your credit card or your mobile device? Or what are you using to capture sales at, at these events? Correct. So what I would recommend if you are a product-based entrepreneur, please get an e-commerce website. Please don't try to do, I mean, they, these are there are a bunch of content-based websites now that have the e-commerce plugins. I'm still a fan of go to a website that is built for you to sell online and in person. I personally use Shopify there, um, Shopify, and most of all of these um companies have an option for you to be able to buy and sell online as well as swipe someone's credit card in person. And, you know, Square is huge, Shopify, you got Big Commerce, you got Volusion.com, you got Big Cartel. These are all, you know, sites that are made for entrepreneurs who sell products and it allows you not only to sell on your website, but it also allows you to take credit card payments in person. And you need that because everybody doesn't always have cash on them. And you don't want to lose a sale because you can't take a credit card. Can't take a credit card. How many companies have I seen that have lost sales because they could not take a credit card? Good right. That you're, you're making. So what, what additional uh, tips uh, would you recommend for those individuals who are looking to exhibit at, at any event? I would definitely say take advantage of it. Um, definitely 100% identify your market and then see exactly where they go. Where are they? And you'd be surprised how many national conventions of people who have things in common are out there. You know, use websites like Eventbrite and, you know, type in women's conferences, you know, in Maryland, in Baltimore, in Philly, and see what comes up. Reach out to the organizer and ask them, are they having exhibitors or vendors? You know, pay the fee. Um, and also, one of the biggest things I always tell people is you need to really, really identify why you're there. I call it your gift. Why are you there? And it's an acronym. So the G stands for your goal. You know what I mean? Why are you, what's your goal? You know what I mean? Is it, is it to make customers? You know what I mean? Is it to make money? You know, what is your goal? And then it's your intention, which is similar to the goal, but almost like, I feel like that should be like your dollar amount, you know, your, you know, what is your intention for being there? And then the F is your, for your feet. How much is it going to cost you? Because if you're going just to showcase, that's different if you're going to sell, because if it costs you 300 
$1,500 and all your products are 20 bucks, then you need to do some math in your head and figure out how many products you need to sell in order to make, you know, break even and make your money back. Um, and then the last is your time. How long is it? Some vendor shows or exhibitor shows is a, is a couple hours, some of our couple days. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth your time? So every time you do an event, you look at it from a gift perspective. Mm. You know, what's my goal? What's my intention? How much is the fee? And how much time do I have to invest at this particular event? And then that's how you ask yourself, is it worth it? And the biggest mistake that I encourage all entrepreneurs who sell products, vendors, exhibitors, showcasers not to do is think that you're successful if you make your vendor feedback. You have lost money, you know? (laughs) Base your success on if you made your vendor feedback because you lost money because if you made your vendor feedback you didn't factor in that you probably had to eat you had to take you have to drive there and then the hours that you put in because your time is money so if you make your vendor feedback you have not won you've lost right absolutely so how Quinn so how can people reach out to you and find you the expert uh, on exhibiting preneur I am um, on social media, Quinn Conyers, everything real simple, Q-U-I-N-N, Conyers, C-O-N-Y-E-R-S. You did mention earlier, I am married, but I had the Quinn Conyers brand for so long, I just can't switch it up on people. So I have to make sure that I keep using that, but I'm Quinn Conyers on everything, Um, email as well. Um, It's Conyers at gmail or Quinn at QuinnConyers.com. But if you want an immediate response, social media is the best way to get to me because I stay with the... Instagram, Facebook on the hip. Mm-hmm. Well, Quinn Conyers, thank you for coming on board. Really uh, enjoyed your presentation on exhibiting and you know, some of the things to do and things not to do. So we definitely appreciate you. Uh, you all can find more episodes of the customer plan on www.improveandprogress.com or just venture over to iTunes, put in the customer plan, and you'll find more of our podcast workshops as we call them. So until our next workshop, continue to improve and progress. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.